1: Now my advice to people who like this kind of service is and
0: Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au I
2: really like this new service, gives you that flexibility
1: to hear your music anywhere Two Blokes Talking Tech Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech This is Two Blokes Talking Tech And thank you for listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com.au And joining me each and every week, Stephen Fenwick from techguide.com.au G'day mate G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Excellent. Episode 58. And um, all thanks to the good people at Trend Micro and Nicky. We'll tell you more about them as we go along. And before we get cracking, mate, um, congratulations. Uh, tech Guide nominated as uh, one of the best tech websites in the uh, Microsoft IT Journalism Awards.
2: Thank you, Trevor. And I've got to extend congratulations to you as well. Uh, Your Tech Life podcast nominated also. But I think we should probably reveal to the listeners that this very podcast they're listening to, two Talking Tech has also been nominated for best uh, best audio program.
1: So, mate, uh, big stuff. So, i really, the back for both of us. Exactly, don't you think? massive, massive pat on the back because it's hard work, mate. We uh, we sit here and we. <laughs>
2: slave away I'm <laughs> slaving over a hot laptop right
1: now I mean your hard work that goes into the website is to be congratulated but frankly let's not kid ourselves this is <laughs> this is fun we love it we enjoy it and uh, without the uh, constant support of the listeners we wouldn't keep doing it I'm sure but uh, thank you um, well not really thank you to anyone because we just nominated ourselves and someone judged it as being a finalist someone, we'll,
2: agreed, someone agreed with us that's yeah, right
1: exactly we'll find out in a few weeks on April 20th how we rank uh, along other podcasts and um, someone sent to me that on Twitter actually uh, which one do you want to win and I went. Well, it's a tough question. I mean, your tech life that's is obviously one. me on my own, so that's pretty cool. But I'll take anything this year. Having having been beaten so two years in a be- row, we'll take it's anything. just
2: good to be nominated, Trevor. I think they say yes, is I the think- uh, politically correct thing exactly. to
1: say. I've got used to the uh, the acknowledgement um, <laughs> clapping of someone else winning. This is two blokes talking tech. <laughs> Now, speaking of your tech life, I recorded a call um, in this week's podcast with a guy called Greg, who had a problem with his wife's GPS, one of the brand new TomTom GoLive versions. Um, got on the phone to TomTom Tom and kind of got a bit of a run around, but ended up finding out there was a problem. They referred him to a website, mate. A global outage um, of the GoLive range, which is their most recent release, due to a leap year bug. Now, this, the, is, this is extraordinary. It is. I mean, you know, to turn on GPS and not get GPS signals, so... <laughs> What, what, well, that's what would happen. You would get no GPS signal. It's, it's Y2K all over again.
2: Well, Y2K actually, well, nothing really happened with Y2K, but this having a leap year bug, that's that's extraordinary that uh, that would affect and have such a widespread effect too. So people who bought the device hoping to be directed to their destination just uh, got got nothing.
1: <coughs> exactly, no GPS signal. So if, you, if you've got a TomTom, and it's important because this is not going to go away unless you update it. They have today, so a good... Yeah, they say this has been going on since the 31st of March, but it didn't really hit the, hit the public probably 24 hours ago. So Wednesday, Tuesday night, our time, um, when it was the same time I recorded this caller. And, and it turns out that you've pretty much got to plug your GPS into the computer and do a full update of the software, which yep. is something you should do. And I said this in my podcast. It's something you should be doing anyway. With all the models of GPS units, you should plug it in and update it because you get the latest software, any any nooks and crannies that need to be ironed out. But essentially in this case, it won't work otherwise.
2: I just wonder though, who at TomTom Tom is going to be held responsible for this? Like, this is a, it's an embarrassing uh, little glitch, isn't it? That well, not little. It's a massive glitch that someone's overlooked a little bit of code
1: somewhere for a leap year glitch. It's a it's beggars belief. Well, the interesting part about it too, if you read the um, the the. The, the announcement on their support website they actually say a, a software glitch in a, in a third party I haven't got the text in front of me but they do blame a third party uh, act, part of the, of the GPS but in the end look TomTom's the brand that suffers here unfortunately so
2: what does it say now uh, at, at the next at the at the next road uh, we don't know what you're going to do <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, you know if you, well, you're you on know, your own pal I think I, it says I, I mean I would have thought a leap year bug would be if you're looking for house number 29 in a street you're struggling but <laughs> but, but it actually somehow affects the actual GPS signal. So well, Look, we laugh because it's, it's kind of weird to have, have such a massive well, a global outage of something. But, but look, if you're a TomTom Tom user and you've paid big bucks for one of these new go-live versions, um, it's pretty disappointing. You're but, entitled
2: um, to be upset. But it just goes to show how much we rely on technology and when it doesn't work... We really feel it. Like, how many times have you not had, say, your internet connection at home? For example, I know my kids climb the walls here when there's no internet, and it's just like being, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, it's it, you're totally totally lost without it. That's so exactly it just right. Just goes to show how much we rely on it.
1: And just quickly, if you are a TomTom GPS user of the Go Live range, and you haven't got time to get to your computer, the the word from TomTom is if you turn it off and reset it, return turn it back on again, it should it should temporarily fix the bug, but uh, it will and come resetting back. Resetting
2: it, by the way, you got to hold the on off button down for twenty. 50 seconds. That's mm. that. That's the reset move on the device.
1: Pretty big and uh, outrageous deal. So make sure you update the software on your TomTom Tom Go Live. Two
0: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen
2: Fennick. Now Sony Mobile. Uh, they're no longer Sony Ericsson. The parted company, Sony and Ericsson. It's just Sony on their own, and what they've done, they've Sony have produced their first solo effort. Is the Sony Xperia S? Beautiful, very impressive device. It's uh, got a nice four point three inch screen. Uh, really focused on design. I think we, we touched on it last week, but I, I, we both had a chance to use it for a, a few days. Uh, I've posted my review on Tech Guide already, and I've got to say, I really like this phone for a couple of reasons. One, the design. I really like how it feels in my hand. The camera is, is also quite impressive, 12 megapixels. It's actually three reasons. I'll give you a third reason. <laughs> but uh, I quite like the NFC capabilities with the, the ability to program NFC tags, which I'll explain in a little while.
1: Yeah, look, at the bottom line for me, I used it for two or three days, and uh, look, it's a great Android phone. You've got a, if you love Android, you, you love this phone. But this this thing, I reckon, is one of the one of the top two best looking phones um, in terms of Android. And don't I mean don't mock that looks are important. Uh, don't, it's absolutely the case with a lot of people, and yep. you know it's it. There's something about some Sony have done something that BlackBerry did. BlackBerry nailed the keyboard they just absolutely nailed it right and no and look one okay good
2: there going no right one now,
1: yeah <laughs> but, but no one has replaced the keyboard and the, the yep. ability to do to type as well what sony have nailed is the the feel in the hand you yep. know the the Xperia arc um was was a great phone to hold in your hand and this thing because it has a curved back they've just it's just a really nice feel in your hand i really love the way it sits in the hand and, and i think that's a very important feature of it
2: Totally right. In in fact, speaking of of that curvature on the back there, what what I mentioned in my review, it it, it kind of fools you into thinking that it's actually smaller than it is. True. Like it it doesn't, it takes a lot of the bulk away. Like I I compared this to, say, an iPhone. It's almost the same size as the iPhone, Mm. but it's almost got an inch larger screen size. So it's really done well to give you a decent sized screen, but without making it feel massive uh, in your hand. But Mm. another thing that's fascinated me is the clear band. At the bottom, above that little chin, which I understand is the antenna. Well, wow. the little clear band uh, it, it, that separates it. I'm trying to look for some kind of connection to that antenna, but. I think it was your eagle eye, wasn't yes, it? Yes, I've got to tell
1: you, I looked very hard because I thought, what the hell is this? It's just a wasted little bottom part. But if you look really, really close, you'll see kind of like a, a honeycomb or cross-hatched like, chicken wire, very, very small, <laughs> like like two millimetres apart, so very thin. So wire chicken Yeah, in there. there's chicken wire in that. <laughs> and that's, I think how it's conducting the, the antenna through that the through the phone.
2: Uh, th- I'm just looking at it right now and I can actually now it's plain as day once you mention the, the chicken wire. I hope I hope they've patented the chicken wire technology there. Mate. <laughs> yes. What I quite like, I really like <laughs> the, as I mentioned before, the NFC. Now, for those who don't know what NFC is, near field communication. Now, we're going to see hear that a lot this mm, year. Mm. See it a lot on some smartphones. It's, it's already in use uh, on some devices. NFC means you can bring, share content. Uh, if you bring two Devices together, you can flip some content from one device to the other. Yep. But Sony have really cleverly used NFC tags, which means once you swipe your phone over the tag, you can actually change the settings on the phone or the mode of the phone. For example, if I've got it in my car, I can swipe it on, you know, hanging oh. off the rear view mirror, of the NFC tag. Swipe it over it; it turns on my GPS, my Bluetooth, and sort of gets it ready for use in the car. Which that really clever. You can use it in other parts of the house as well. That
1: is pure genius.
2: That's really good. I think it's a they've used the features and put a feature set together that not only are good features, but it combines to form a really nice experience with the phone. That's it it the, makes you like the phone even
1: more. That's the best real-world um, execution of NFC I've seen, other than you know payment at uh, the Seven the, the um, Eleven. Yep. The best that's that is honestly the best because you could literally have one in the car, and it doesn't have to be you know somewhere obviously, It could just be a little chip somewhere, and then have one at your, at your office and one at home and you just walk in, swipe, and, and it just goes to the right mode. Um, other than, you know, say, say the Motorola Razr's smart technology that knows where you are and determines the features, it doesn't know when you're in a car, so I love that. That's a very, very good feature. Sony Xperia S uh, with Sony's patented or should be patented chicken wire technology. Two
0: blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenney.
1: I got a release today from the people at Pioneer who uh, distribute the Pure range of digital radios, um, something I've seen uh, before because it's been in in the UK for a little while. Now, they had this thing called the Pure Highway, which was a complete dud, honestly, and um, and it it just didn't hit the mark in terms of usability, uh, installation, all these different things. They've announced today the Pure Highway 300DI. Um, It's a nice little kind of tiny... Um, add-on, I don't even know how to describe it, mate. You don't describe it as a head unit, because it's not. It's just it's a little add-on that. unit that, that yep. sits perhaps on your dashboard somewhere, yep. um, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to more directly plug into your uh, stereo system and give you a better connection, but it's also got USB and iPad and iPhone compa- compatibility, so you can actually use other devices, rather than yep. just your digital radio, so it looks like yeah. a really, really nice device, mate.
2: It does. It looks very. It looks pure, as a matter of fact. But mm. what, I think the digital tuner is going to be put in behind your dash, so it's an install. It's not just a matter of yep. just clipping this onto your uh, onto your dashboard. So there is an install involved with the digital tuner, but the little the little control unit is quite nice. It's got the two lines of two line display. Uh, it's got a little twisty knob, I think, for your volume and to select your stations. And there's also a a, a a mount for your iPhone or iPod or whatever you're using in the car, so you can play your music through it as well, I suppose. But I think it, we're crying out for digital radio in the car. And you're right, the highway one. I think it was called, the first pure uh, attempt was, you know, the first of its kind and it was popular, but didn't quite sort of tick all the boxes for everybody. Obviously, an installed unit is ideal. This is a step closer. So good news that we can take our digital tunes around, I suppose, but when we drive out of digital... Reception areas, we can always divert back to a normal AM and FM, I suppose.
1: This is a $499 unit, and you're going to pay another $150 odd on top of that. Now, you're probably going to get $50 bucks here and there off, but I've got to tell you, that is expensive. That is an expensive into digital radio. Now, the thing that appeals to me about this is that iPod integration. Now, I have a very similar unit to this in my Mazda. It's called a Hi-TV, H-I-TV. I've talked about it once before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's exactly that. It's all installed behind behind the dash, and they've just got this little unit on the front. Perfect. Perfect installation, perfect use of digital radio. Usability issues that I think I'm going to have with the Pure as well. But what sets this apart, the Pure, is, that, is a little mount for your iPhone, which is great because I don't actually have a mount for my iPhone. Plug it in and then I can actually play my music when I choose not to listen to digital radio. So, look, 30% of radio listening is in the car. Um, there are People shouldn't bag digital radio because there are already 1.2 million people listening to digital radio each and every week. It's really taking off, but... Um, you know, in car is the big big kicker for the industry, and this and, and is this is going to help.
2: Good thing too that Pioneer, one of the leaders in in car technology, in car audio in Australia. So good to see that they're going to continue their expertise and and offer that when they install these units and distribute it around Australia. And look,
1: the big challenge for the industry and for consumers is. It's very hard to find a car installation mob for audio. It used to be that you just go to your local Strathfield car radio. Now they don't exist anymore in, in on, on, mass. There are still a, still, they're still a retailer, but they don't have installers everywhere. So it is hard to find. You do have to find a little niche bloke, but they are around and they will do simple and very fast installations for around 120, 140 bucks if you shop around. So check it out. Um, the Pure Highway 300 DI, uh, available very soon from Pure. Um, It'll be available from May at $499. And we do thank the good people at Trend Micro and Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au. Netgear are the people that connect with innovation. They connect your home. So if you've got a a modem, router, or you've got iPads and iPhones, you want to bring that all together and connect to the Internet, you do that with great Netgear technology. And one of the things, I was talking to Netgear this week, one of their most popular products... And it didn't surprise me, but... I, was, I guess I was a little bit eye-opened by it, was the fact that their range extenders, Netgear Wi-Fi range extenders, are one of their most popular products. You've got a Wi-Fi network in your home. You've got a reasonable size home. It doesn't have to be a mansion, but just one end of the home. Maybe, maybe the office is in one end of the home and you're trying to get the internet down the other end. What you do is you put a Wi-Fi range extender from Netgear into the middle and it will extend your network across the home and you'll get better Wi-Fi at one end of the house. That's what you want. You want good connectivity across the home because we rely on the internet so much these days. Netgear were the first people to bring range extenders to the market and they're the market leader. So if you need a range extender for your Wi Fi in your home or small business, check out netgear.com.au. Two
0: Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long
1: and Stephen Phones are an issue for me because it's very hard to talk about them and actually find a point of difference for all of them. HTC are, as we've said a million times, of the new Nokia because they've got so many phones out. They've released this, or announced this week, the HTC One X. Now, quad-core, big screen. um, What do you say about this phone to make people want to buy it?
2: Well, it's it's, for a start, it's a world first because it's the first quad-core device we've seen. We've spoken so many times about dual core this is double that again i think mm. what people what is going to appeal to people is the fact that it's more like a computer than any other smartphone they're going to own because we're using our smartphones like a computer nowadays so having this kind of computing power in your hand is really going to appeal to a lot of people because we're all we're all shifting in that direction now the device itself it's uh, it's not small 4.7 mm. inch screen 8 megapixel camera. I think it's also running the latest version of HTC's Sense. Yep. You know, their own little UI that goes over the top of Android, which is, by the way, the latest Android 4.0. Yeah. Uh, and it looks, the, the, this, the HTC Velocity was a similar size screen to this, but this to me appears to be a lot thinner. It's sort of a, a bit more of an eye on design with this one. It's got, it's got a white case, a lot thinner. Uh, I think this is going to appeal to men and women alike. And look,
1: there's a lot of people out there who go for power and performance and the quad core is going to give them that. My issue with the quad core, and, and you know, it is an issue for us because um, people people buy on a, on a technology like that when you don't know whether it's actually going to have an effect. Quad core processor requires quad-core applications and programming. It doesn't just make it better. So, an Intel spoke about this at CES, and, and it's an important thing to remember that you can put a quad-core, it's, you can put 20 gig of RAM in, in a computer, and it doesn't make it any better if the processor isn't better. So you've got to have the matching layers of technology to make sure the quad core works. So it's great to have a quad core phone, but I just have to uh, warn yeah. people that you've got to make sure that what you're trying to do on it is going to actually use those cores. So
2: Absolutely. Well, I'm hoping one crosses the tech guy desk any minute now. So maybe this time next week we will both have used it and can speak from a little bit of experience. I'm really looking forward to, to, to try testing this phone out. I quite like what HTC do with their devices. So... Uh yeah, looking forward to putting the SIM card in yet another device and checking it out.
1: It's um I don't think either of us have seen a bad HTC Android phone. They they do good phones at every level. Um and uh, I just love seeing new phones from them. Just um my only issue is just trying to sell them to people. You know, trying to tell people why to buy one over the other. In the end. Yeah. If you want a quality phone, there's no doubt HTC make quality phones. And if you want a, and want a great smartphone, there's no doubt Android is one. So stand in a store, muck around with it. And uh, hopefully, Nick, this time next week, there'll be a full re- full review at techguide.com.au.
2: Now, as you know, Trevor, I'm a bit of a home theatre fan. I, <laughs> I love my home theatre. But... Um, I did get a chance though to test drive the new Samsung 7.1 channel Blu-ray home theater system. Now this isn't this is a home theater system with a with a slight twist. It uh, I've, in my review I've I've said that Samsung have gone back to the future. Now mm. by that I mean they've combined vacuum tubes or valves is what what they are otherwise known as with the latest digital technology. Now for those old enough to remember valve technology or uh, sort of the audio files really embraced it because it's it sort of gave a more realistic sort of warmer yes. sound. But yeah. when the solid-state transistors came out, obviously made everything cheaper, and then that was, that was what the audio that was on offer. But Samsung have done a really good job with this 7.1 system. Uh, it not only it, – it sounds terrific, but it's also great value. It's only $1,199 for this 7.1 system, and it sounds like it should be $10,000. The quality of, of this – of the output, the audio output, we played some Blu-ray Discs, i threw it up uh, up here uh, and i tell you it is a very impressive sound
1: tell me about the speakers uh wireless wired how does it work
2: rear speakers are wireless but there's mm. a small receiver that that talks to the receiver at the front of the room so there's no physical connection but to the speakers at the back of the room uh the to the front, so that you're not going to trip over any cables or anything like that. The speakers are tall, they're tower speakers. They're not massive, they're, they're quite tall, but they're not these big, bulky floor speakers that are going to really take over the room. You can Sort of put them in the corners, and they're subtle enough to sort of fade almost into the background if you you sort of position it right. Subwoofer. My, my only criticism, probably the subwoofer, had it had its own power supply. If it was a powered subwoofer, would have added a bit more punch to the audio to to the the low frequency bass yep. in in the in the output. But uh, no, overall, mate, this really punches above its weight. I really enjoyed it. But another another really cool feature, just quickly, is that this this device also comes with a, a Help desk. It, they've got a remote management system. So if you what? if you go into trouble trying to set uh, set it up, Samsung can. You ring Samsung, they can actually log into the back end of this system and tell you, oh yeah, you need to do this, you need to do that, and they'll they'll get it. They'll set it up almost over the phone for you. So. Oh. Samsung have been saying that a product like this, they, they may get say a, some returns. They think ni- They say ninety six percent of the returns. There's nothing wrong with the devices; just that people c- couldn't put it together properly. So having this kind of service is really going to help those who may may be a little intimidated by putting together a system like this. Although it's quite simple to put together anyway.
1: The Samsung hte E six seven five oh one W seven point one. Good luck finding it. But the best way to do that is a tech guide. Com.au. Full review from Stephen there. He gives it four and a half stars out of five. Probably lost half a star for that unpowered subwoofer. But uh, full review at techguide.com.au.
2: Two Blokes Talking Tech brought to you by Netgear and also by Trend Micro. Now, Trend Micro have a product called SafeSync. They're all about protecting your content and your digital life. So you can protect and access your files online with Trend Micro's SafeSync. Now, SafeSync comes with 50 gigabytes of included storage, and that gives you 24 7 access for, to, to all of your data from any web enabled device, including your tablet, your smartphone, or your laptop, your desktop. SafeSync keeps your files automatically backed up so that means they're secure and they're synchronized so all you need to do is simply select the folders that you want to protect and SafeSync will always keep up-to-date copies on all of your devices so when you're away from your computer SafeSync mobile apps for iPhone, iPad and Android can give you access to any of those files whenever you like Trend Micro SafeSyncs available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, Officeworks, Dick Smith Electronics, The Good Guys, Bing Lee, Leading Edge Computers and all other authorised resellers. Trend Micro, when you're online, in any place, on any device, they've got you protected. And if you want more information, you can visit trendmicro.com.au. Two blokes talking tech.
0: You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Steve Fenwick.
1: You know, it's often interesting when people are cast in a movie, and you go, "Wow, that's a that's an amazing likeness." Now, the one I always remember is is Chopper Reed when Eric Banner <laughs> played Chopper Reed in Chopper. Mate, yeah. not, not only did he bulk up for it the, the, with a with a tat in a makeup, amazing. He just bloody he he just did such a great job. Now, Ashton Kutcher this week has been announced as as starring as Steve Jobs in what do they call it a biopic, a
2: biopic, a yes. uh, little
1: you know a little movie on on Steve Jobs. And I've got to tell you, there's a few photos circulating at the moment. And you, you remember remember Ashton Kutcher because he's cut his hair recently. But when he had the sort of longish hair and the and the, the goatee beard, uh, or the or the beard, um, they've they've started showing him next to a, a Steve Jobs with a similar, you know, flowing hairdo and a beard. Looks, you know, back in the day. Geez, mate, it's uncanny in some it ways, is. isn't it?
2: it this, this is, this is oh, at first, when I first heard about this, for a start, I thought, hang on, this might be an April Fool's Day joke because mm. it was a day later. It was April Fool's Day in the yeah, US. Yeah, yeah. We'd already had April Fool's Day. But it, it, it was confirmed that, yes, Ashton Kutcher, and then, like you said, when those side-by-side photos came out, it was remarkable, the likeness between the two. Now, this is an independent biopic, by the way. This isn't the official mm-hmm. project that Sony are working on. Sony acquired the rights to the Walter I. Isaacson biography the Steve Jobs biography and they're working on that as well. So mm. this is an independent project. They're apparently talking about Aaron Sorkin writing the script the he, he won an academy award for adapting the social network into a film. So get Aaron Sorkin on board terrific, but Ashton Kutcher's project is an independent project that will be interesting. I think it's ironic too that Ashton Kutcher now is playing uh, on Two and a Half Men, for anyone who watches the show, he's playing a tech billionaire mm. on that show. So ironically, they've chosen him to play a real-life person who became a tech billionaire. So, But he's also got quite a solid tech background, Ashton Kutcher, oh, not yeah. only Twitter, he's got massive followings, but he's also been known to invest in startups in Silicon Valley as well.
1: Yep, I think it'll be interesting. And look, I've got to be honest, I think Steve Jobs will be the, the focus of a lot of these kind of things just over the next few years and probably a long time into the future because it's a bloody fascinating story. So um, you know, even though you know some of it may not be you know true to true to life and and all that kind of stuff, it's always going to be good to see to see a little bit of an insight and, and the takeouts from a, from a life like Steve Jobs. Two blokes talking
0: tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
2: Now we've seen a lot of apps already that uh, that enable GPS on your iPhone, but I, I got the chance to literally road test one this week, the Magellan RoadMate. Now, this is uh, a product brought to you by Navman, one of the most popular brands for mm-hmm. sat nav. And this was a really impressive app. It's not cheap; it's fifty nine dollars ninety five, mm-hmm. but it turns your iPhone into a fully fledged GPS system. And I'm talking right down to turn by turn navigation. It's got multi point uh, routing. Uh, junction view, lane guidance, uh, uh, alerts for red light cameras, everything you'd expect to find on a fully-fledged GPS device that turns your iPhone into quite a sophisticated system.
1: So tell me why you would choose this because that's one of the big things for me in terms of the choice. Um it's very hard because you know there's Tom Tom's there's co-pilot there's Navigon. You know it's a really tough thing I think for any of these markets and it's the same with it with the actual you know physical units which one do you buy and why? Some of it's brand loyalty, some of it's features. Can you think are, are there any features that really jump out at you as this being the selling point?
2: Well what what the selling point for me was that it, it's not the the, the best little bits of some features it's actually all, I haven't seen a bigger feature set of, of our GPS features on a, on an iPhone app as many as I've seen with the Magellan mm-hmm. the fact that Navman have backed it as well is pretty solid i think all all of the features like points of interest it's got true local connection you can set multiple routes so like that's been a feature that many people have been asking for on a regular GPS system is is waypoint routing so you you can go from one one destination and go to the next destination so for for those people who are on the road a lot need to make a lot of stops. Couriers, drivers, they've got an, uh, They can do that using this app. That's just one of many. You can also buy a cradle that goes with it as well. That enhances. It's got its own GPS antenna. It's got its own set of speakers, and it can also charge the iPhone when it's, when it's sitting in the mount as well. That's an extra ninety nine dollars. So it does add up a little bit. But you can also subscribe to lifetime sooner traffic updates. That's an in-app purchase for twenty dollars. So It is. It is adding all that up. It's nearly. It's. I think. What's that? One hundred and eighty dollars all up. But it is still under, say, an an entry level device that wouldn't have as many features as this app would provide. And I think that's the point. Is and if if you've got an iPhone, a lot of things going for it price aside it is it does like i said it's fully fledged gps system
1: the magellan roadmate you can read more about it at techguide.com.au two blokes talking
2: tech you're listening
0: to two blokes talking tech with Long and
1: Stephen now just quickly before we go um, i love golf I, li- I like watching golf. now, I do. I-, I like I like watching golf. The Masters is on this weekend. Um, you're going to get up early, mate. If you're a true no, golf no, lover, you'll get no. you'll set
2: your alarm no. for six a.m. and no. watch the opening round. No,
1: this is how I enjoy sport. You can't say you love golf. I'm, I'm a clincher. I like to watch the end of a cricket match. I like to watch the end of things. Okay, Bathurst, I'll watch five, from start a to finish. Right, game. right. Yeah. now. um... There's two things I want to tell you about golf. I want to tell you next week. We have to talk about Tiger Woods Golf 13. That is a cracking game on the yes. Xbox 360. Yes. But golf in terms of playing it out in the on the course been a few years, unfortunately, mate. Because some of us have got day jobs that don't allow us to gallivant hey, around. Got a bloody golf course. I've got yeah. a day job. <laughs> Techguide.com dot that I use. Your day job. You're a lucky bastard. That's a simple fact. All right. Well, you know
2: what? I said to my wife. I said, "Look, Joe. I said I'm going out. I need to go do a review." And she said, "Terrific." <laughs> I said, "Well, I've got to go play golf to review this product <laughs> properly. I can't review this from behind the desk at Tech Guide headquarters. I've got to get out on the course." This is the Garmin it's tough work, but I have to
1: do it. Garmin, uh, and I should declare Garmin as sponsors of your tech life. I'm not being fair. Garmin do GPS systems we know, but they also do fitness and all these other things. But this Garmin approach is a golfing product, little handheld thing, nice colour screen. You turn it on, it knows where you are, knows what golf course you're at. You can set the pin, you can work out how far you've hit, how far to the pin. You can you can even keep score with your mates. It's a bloody good little unit. How did it go, mate?
2: It went very well. It's very accurate. Now, it gives you all the yardage you need, can keep your score, can can keep track of how far you hit each club. So club selection, it really helps you with your club selection. There's 27,000 courses preloaded on this thing. So I found St. Michael's, my golf course out at uh, Little Bay out there, found it in an instant. But what I liked about this is that it's a dedicated device. It's got a battery that lasts for 15 hours straight. That's a full weekend of golf. Mm. Now, people are asking me, why should I buy this when I can download a free smartphone app? Mm. Very good question. But my answer to that is that usually the free golf GPS apps are good, but they're normally plastered full of ads. Secondly, smartphone apps, they'll burn your battery down as well. But also, if you're using a smartphone app, for your golf GPS, you're going to be seeing all your calls coming in, your emails your yeah, nah. text messages. It kind of defeats the purpose of being on the golf course in the first place. It, you it want to de- get away from all that. Having- so if you're, look, if you're a serious golfer, I think you should have a serious GPS device. The Garmin G6, I think they could have been a bit more aggressive with the price. It's $349. They could have maybe tucked that under 300 maybe even cheaper. But like I said, if you're serious about your golf, this will help you improve your game. And that's the bottom line for golfers.
1: Having a smartphone on the golf course, like having Wi-Fi on a plane. You want the serenity. Two
0: tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
1: That's another one in the can, episode 58. We'll be back again next week, each and every week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You can find us on iTunes and at techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, thanks, mate.
2: Thank you very much, Trevor.
1: Talk to you next week.
2: Yes, you will.